Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yaw Borchi, dietetic student and couples weight loss specialist. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their amazing stories to inspire you to take action and create a six-figure income using social media marketing. All right. And today's guest is Stephanie. Stephanie is a sports dietitian who specializes in helping high school athletes prevent underfueling, which can set them back in their performance impact their growth, and increase their risk of injury. She helps athletes create a routine around their nutrition choices so they can gain muscle strength, support their bone health, improve their endurance, and ultimately reach their performance goals. You can find Stephanie on Instagram at fueling.highschool.athletes. Awesome. Stephanie, your bio is so cool. I can't wait to learn more about you. So let's get right in. Can you talk about your journey and how your journey has helped you create your business? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to kind of share my journey and how I created my business. But it honestly starts way back when I was in high school. Um, I was that athlete who overperformed and underfueled. And so kind of from that point on, you know, I worked with a dietitian and she was, she was great, but she wasn't a pediatric dietitian and her focus really wasn't in sports. And we all know how important it is to have a niche, right, to really know about that sort of stuff. And so she was really helpful, but she wasn't kind of what I was looking for. So my dad and I ended up just doing a lot of nutrition focus and a lot of research and work on our own. And that's kind of how I found my love for nutrition. And then it really guided me in finding my focus in my business because I realized that there's so much emphasis on pediatrics and young athletes and making sure they're growing and, and getting a lot all they need and the college athletes you know they get everything but what about that in between that high school athlete who's missing out on so much and so that has my, my personal experience has really helped me kind of focus in on kind of that group that needs the most help wow that's insanely insightful and would you say that same messaging that you are using on instagram was pretty much a pivot from what you were dealing with with your dad at the time? Would you say that that was the pivot? Yeah, I mean, it really it comes down to just basic things that I, I didn't know as an athlete. And that's really what I try to share on my Instagram every day because you don't realize how many times you have to share something before an athlete goes, oh yeah, <laughs> got it. You know, and so it takes a lot of posts, but it's just the basic stuff that I typically share on Instagram, which they all find so helpful. Awesome. And what would you say is your nutrition philosophy? My big philosophy is just preventing the things that I had to go through as a young athlete. So I had a lot of injuries, a lot of breaks, a lot of doctor's visits, time on the bench. And so with my athletes, I just stress the importance of preventing underfueling and really meeting them where they are, creating those small steps day after day that add up to big tidal waves, big moves when it comes to their growth, their development, and their performance. Wow, that's so helpful. I know your clients must be thrilled to work with you so they can work through their journey to their professional athletic career without the frustration of not knowing what to eat. That's awesome. And what is your business philosophy? So my business philosophy kind of is the same thing I do, you know, hold myself to that standard and my athletes is just be consistent. And a lot of them laugh at me because consistent is my favorite word. You know, at the end of every session, I'm like, so what are we going to be consistent with this week and really focus on? And it's just so true. It's really my philosophy in life, in my business, with the athletes I work with, with clients. It's just, you know, being consistent when it comes to my business with my offer. 
Um, that was the, one of the biggest things I learned with Libby um, working with her was that I cannot offer too many things at once. I have to find one thing, hone in on it, and just perfect that one thing and really hit it out of the park. And so that has really been my big focus with my business is just making sure that I'm being consistent with showing my face on Instagram, my offer, and just being there for clients. That's incredible because not only are you asking for your clients to be consistent, you yourself ask for your own self to show up to social media consistently, which is great. And the other question I would like to ask, this is a good piggyback off the last one. How do you approach your goals in business and life? In business, I guess, and in life, I'm pretty competitive, whether against someone else or myself. But with my business, it's always myself. So it's like, how did I do last month compared to this month? Or how did that sales call go against previous ones? And what can I change? And so it's always just about getting better because there have been days, you know, it's tough. Um, so there have been days when I'm just like, oh, this is so frustrating. Why am I adding this on my plate? Because I also have a full time job. And so it's just one of those things where it's, it's you just push through and you motivate yourself because you're so competitive. And that's really, you know, I'm an athlete at heart. So that's what I pull from. Um, really often it's just motivating myself to just be better and work harder and just keep going because you know, everything I've heard from Libby's course and her clients that have been successful is just keep going. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I know a lot of the listeners could benefit from hearing that message because a lot of them very much like you are working full-time, part-time and an office setting, clinical office setting, and they are wanting to take that leap of faith and go into this private practice. So you're a great role model for the fact that you're able to do it with the right mindset. That's really helpful to hear. Ultimately, what allowed you to get super clear on your ideal client? I just love that your handle is fueling high school athletes. I knew before scrolling on your page what I was going to see. I would like to know how you got clear on that. And what in your business once you started marketing to that? So much changed once I started. So, I mean, looking back on my post a year ago, you know, it was very health oriented. You can, it was clear I was a dietitian and I like to work out and, but it wasn't clear on who I helped and what I did. And so I think once I really solidified, you know, my focus, my target population, my ideal client and their pain points, I was really able to kind of you know, who I was talking to, because before I was talking to athletes who wanted to gain weight, lose weight, older athletes, younger athletes, it's just retired athletes, you know, and now it's so specific. And it's been great with, you know, slowly building clients, but the outreach of coaches and trainers and people who are linked to the athletic field and are so close to my ideal client has been awesome. That's awesome to hear. And for those listening, if you are struggling with finding that ideal client, It sounds a lot of it is trial and error, but having mentorship help guide you into finally solidifying that. Would you say that's correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And really kind of focusing on what I was doing. Very cool. And respect to your offer for athletes who are looking to fuel their very, very busy lives. What would you say was your biggest challenge crafting that offer and selling it? And what would you say has been surprisingly easy about it? Yeah, so one of the the hardest things for me, well, not really the hardest, but just kind of the most challenging to start with was it's not just the athlete I'm working with, it's their parent too, because they're all in high school. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's both sides of the picture I'm looking at. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll connect with the athlete on Instagram and it's great and they'll schedule a sales call. I call them intro calls, but it's once you, you have to win their parent over too, and you have to show them everything that you can do and why you're such a value. 
to that athlete in their game, but not just their game, the parents often connect to their growth and development. Yes, they want them to play well, but they also want them to, you know, not break bones and, and reach their maturity. And so that's really what I hone in on with the parents and more of the performance aspect. So that's been the biggest challenge. And I think when you find the right client and you really focus in on those pain points, I think that just makes the sales calls that much easier. And so the challenge is hard, but then once you find that right person, you're like, yes, this is, this is it. And so you're good to go from there. You can tell as soon as you're halfway through a sales call, you're like, yep, this is who I've been working for. That's awesome. I love the connection between being super clear on who your client is, the problem you solve. And once you get that messaging, you've noticed that getting on the calls, it's surprisingly easy to close. I think that's something that people need to hear that if there are any struggles, it's often going to be the offer. The marketing is maybe a little off, but once you have it all synced together, you start selling, which I think is so profound. So thank you for sharing that. What would you say is the biggest struggle to get clients on Instagram since we were just kind of talking about the marketing and messaging? And how did you turn that around? For me, getting clients... I started with just showing my face, you know, it's, it's still, it's, you know, for me, I'm still learning how to do sales calls and still working on closing deals. And so I'm really kind of in that beginner phase, but at the same time with every sales call that goes by, I get a little bit better. So I think it's just about the biggest challenge that I've had is just trying to engage them. So I have polls. If they answer a poll, I'll DM them. And I try to just, you know, engage them as much as I can and have them comfortable working with me. Um, on Instagram before we really jump into the full program. That is a great idea. And I think for those listening who don't know how to engage, ideas such as having the polls and then messaging those people that gave you feedback is a great way to warm up your a potential leads. That's a really helpful tip, Stephanie. I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. And to go more into this Instagram marketing and selling, can you specifically tell the audience how you use Instagram to market and to sell, like kind of walk us through? My posts, I kind of strategically make them, like, you know, one's about just a helpful con like tip or, you know, sports nutrition related. One is about how I help athletes. Another one hits one of their pain points. You know, do you feel this when you underfuel? Or I try to kind of rotate between those three and just see what gets the most reaction. And that typically really helps me hone in on my ideal client and attract that ideal client um, when it comes to marketing. I try to post six to seven days a week, one day not being something that I've created like in Canva, but something where it's more my life. Um, so it's me with my dog or, you know, just because they really like to see that there's a human behind the page. That's always fun too. I love posting them, sharing those, and then just showing up on my stories. You know, I'm working, but I'm also sweaty and I'm also eating ice cream and M&Ms balanced with my salad. So it's just showing me in real life, which I think has been really helpful. Oh man, Stephanie, I think more people, myself included, need to hear more of that. I love the fact <laughs> that essentially you have these content pillars. You have three of them and you alternate between them. But the one that really stuck out to me is that you move away from a stage post on Canva and you really let them into your life. And that's really good advice because it is important that they feel connected. So thank you for sharing that. Because you have this really strong marketing and sales strategy for Instagram, do you mind sharing with the audience how many sales you have made in the program? In the program, um, it's been a little bit different. So I started right at the beginning of COVID when all the sports shut down, everything shut down. So in terms of getting sales, it slowed a little bit. I closed three sales in my last three months, or last month working with Libby, which was awesome. 
But during those three months, I had so much outreach from coaches and trainers and athletic directors. I think in just this week alone, I'm in four podcasts, you know, and that is just huge and getting in to reach my ideal client and being a reference. And so that has been my big win. So I'm still working on closing clients and really building that client pool while balancing a full-time job. That's a whole other thing. But for me, just being in front of people who are so close to my ideal client is a really big win. Yes, absolutely. Your mindset, Stephanie, is spot on to be able to look at what has been going well and being able to focus in on that as motivation to continue forward and growing your business is so, so important. And I know other people could benefit from hearing, like holding on to the small wins and letting that move you forward. So thank you. Thank you. And what would you say? is your process for creating your Instagram content that sells. So when you're crafting posts that this would probably be the post that's not as personal, how do you really craft it? So it's really selling to your ideal client. So I have set specific times in my schedule for when I'm going to do posts. So I don't see clients or do discovery calls on Thursdays or Fridays. So those are afternoons and evenings because I'm working during the day. But so that's kind of my social media time. So on Thursdays, I'll go through and look the week before and see what posts had the most reach and website clicks and all of those, you know, insights that we look at. And then I'll try to recreate some of those key messages. Um, so did they really like pre-workout or post-workout fuel? Did they really like want me touching on one of their pain points um, about underfueling? And so I just try to really hone in on what they like um, and then just recreate something similar. They really love when I talk about kind of the stages of the day and what to eat and pre-workout and post-workout fuel. That's what's most confusing for them. So that's typically what I try to lay out my ideas on Thursday. And then Friday after work, I kind of sit down for an hour or two and I really try to just get all my Canva ideas and content done and uploaded so I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the week. Wow. You are systematic. So am I. I love a good You system. have to be. <laughs> yeah, you have to be, especially when you're trying to create content with the hopes of it leading to a sales call and then ultimately a sell. So I think it's great that people could hear a little bit of your process and be motivated to create a similar system for themselves. Thanks for that. And because you are busy and you just explained to me how you have these systems to keep you organized, how do you stay realistic and committed with what you're able to do knowing that you don't have like a full eight hours of entrepreneurship to devote since you do have your full-time job. Yeah. So some big things, I think blocking out my calendar and this is something where I catch myself, you know, backtracking often, you know, I'm like, Oh, let me just hop on Instagram to check that insight again. And then next thing you know, you're scrolling for 10 minutes, you know? So I think it's one of the things I have to remind myself, like, no, like you're, you're focused on this and this is what you're doing we're all humans. We all have lives outside of our businesses. And so I'm trying to find that work-life balance the best I can. And it's really just about creating that structure and giving myself the time. And if I run over, it's okay. And you know, it's, it's all right if I don't get all my content done because I have Saturday morning. I try to always plan out till Sunday. So give myself like a two-day buffer just in case um, because life happens. But yeah, basically, I think it's just create structure, but also give yourself some leeway if you go outside that structure, just like you would your client. You know, if they trip up for a day or two, you don't reprimand them for it. You just roll with the punches and help them work through it. Yeah, I took away so much from what you just said. The power of time blocking. I love that you mentioned that. The importance of showing yourself grace and giving yourself a buffer. I think those are three amazing things that we could all benefit 
from doing. And I'm definitely taking notes myself. Oh, okay. So what have been your best investments since we're talking about business growth? What have been your best investments in terms of growing your business? So working with Libby, I would say would be my number one. The group is just fantastic. Um, at first, I'm not, I'm gonna, I was a little nervous um, kind of jumping in and making that leap and taking that commitment. But having the group and having the group support and all the feedback was super helpful um, just to help me take a step back and look at my business in a different way. It's definitely, you know, I think, you know, all the credit to her and her program and everyone who helps her because they are just fantastic. Awesome. It's good to hear that a lot of your growth and kind of becoming more systematic has been tied to the program. So that's great to hear. For those of the people that are listening that might be feeling stressed because they have so many things to do and they could take like two action steps, what two action steps would you give them right now? I think just commit to doing one thing a day. So maybe it's just you know, there are days when you just feel like you can't get on social media. Maybe you can't post. Take a picture of your meal or you going for a walk. Let people know that you are also stressed because all your clients are too, I think. So be a little bit relatable to it because it'll take a little bit of pressure out you off of you because you are showing up on your Instagram, right? So you are doing checking one of those boxes for your business. And so I think that's a big key is, you know, do something small. Those little things add up to big things. You know, so one day like, oh, well, I already posted this morning, but I have this cool thing and you'll share. And so that's kind of what I do on days. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I don't know what to do. I'll just take a picture of my water and be like, water reminder, you know? <laughs> and so it's just one of those things where you just have to appreciate the small things. And it's not easy. There are days, like I said, when I'm just like, oh, I just, why am I doing this to myself? I'm working a full-time job and like dinner's at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, but it's, it'll be worth it. You just have to remember why you're doing it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing those words of wisdom and providing those tips. Just to link it back to what you said previously, having support systems is a great way to help mitigate that stress. It mm -hmm. sounds like what I'm hearing from you, which is awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. In terms of like your offer to shift focus a little bit, a lot of people are on this podcast wanting to know how to make more money. And a lot of that has to do with pricing yourself and figuring that all out. So do you mind sharing with the audience what has been your biggest fears around charging money, charging higher price point for the service that you provide? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of hesitation around my price point and where I was because I knew I wasn't quite up to industry standard. I would get nervous, you know, talking about price and I would tell the client or potential client like, oh, here is the price for my three month program. And they would be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I could do it. And I would immediately be like, that's okay. I have this bundle that we could, you know, substitute in. And, you know, after bringing it to the group, everyone was like, no, let's just focus on one. Like remind yourself just one thing. That's it. And so I think you just have to be confident that you know what you're doing. You're worth every penny. And don't forget it. And I have to remind that all the time. I'm not good at it. Um, I have to remind myself, like, it's worth it. Like, you are worth it. Your knowledge will get them where they need to be. Oh, that is so powerful. And I love the, the mania that came out of your voice. Like, I've got this bundle. <laughs> I've done I, it. Yeah. We've all done it. And I don't, it's like you got to reel it back in. So yeah. Thank you so much for allowing me that moment of laugh because it is true. <laughs> you just, and by having the group support, you have them reeling you back in. And since we're talking about offers and being on these calls, uh, what has been your biggest fears around sales calls and what have you done to work through them? 
anytime you're talking to someone new, you're just, you know, you're learning them, you're trying to pick up everything they're saying, but still, you know, talking about your program. And so one thing that I did with sales calls is I think having them over Zoom has been a, a game changer versus doing them over the phone because you make that visual connection, which is just so much nicer um, to really kind of see the person and communicate with them. Um, and then the second thing that I did is I have a, not a script, but kind of bullet points, you know, hit out of the different things that I want to talk about, or, you know, if they say a pain point, I reflect back on it and that sort of stuff. And that's been really helpful because I tweak that kind of after getting feedback from potential clients and the clients I do book, I'm like, Oh, that worked. Okay. Like they said this. And I try to reiterate kind of their pain points and how I can help them, you know, achieve and, and, you know, do or reach their performance goals. That's amazing. I love that you simply go through iterations of, of obviously when you start out, the fear is I'm not going to get it right the first time and hearing you say it's, it's a process. You, you just have to get on those calls and mm -hmm. take what you've learned and apply it. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I would also like to just ask you a, a couple more questions. The one question, and I love when people offer advice. That's why I asked you for some tips earlier for someone just starting out. Like this is their first episode. They're hearing about someone pursuing this life in entrepreneurship as a dietitian. What advice would you give them? Let's go for three, like three pieces of advice, three pieces of advice. I would say just start. is <laughs> the one, um, I think just, just do it. I remember a couple of years ago, kind of hemming and hawing, like, should I do it? I don't know. I don't know. And once you hit the go button, it's all go. So I think the first one is just, just get it started. Um, the second thing is be consistent with whatever you're doing. So with it, your program, your package, your being on social media, I think just be consistent with that sort of thing. And the third thing I would say is reach out to people who are in your ideal client population or are related to that. So for example, for me, I reach out to coaches and trainers because they're so close to the athletes. So I think those are the three best you know, tips I could give right now is just to be as committed as you can um, with your business because it's your business and it grows when you grow. Very, very sound points. I specifically like kind of looking at your sphere of influence, like who's in your network, who can you reach out to and tap into as a resource? I think that's one that's often overlooked. So I appreciate you offering that piece of advice. So with that being said, what is next for your amazing business? So I am really just focusing on my programs and my packages and solidifying my offer and then really just closing sales calls. I think for me, that's been the biggest thing I've been working on, kind of the verbiage and, and how to work with um, potential clients. And so now it's just me focusing on closing them. It's that final step that I think that will really take my business forward. I love the way you put that just almost like building blocks. You start yeah. finding the IC and then creating a marketing plan. Then you're getting them on calls because your IC is clearly listed. Your marketing plan is clearly there. And now you're kind of focusing on that last piece, which is great. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate you taking out time to be on this podcast episode. Have a great one. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.